tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only mr joe francis hey hi david how are what, you what is going on i mean thank you for doing this <laughs> thank you for inviting me is I'm that so happy a, i can finally be in your show is that a loaded question for me to ask you what is going on like what isn't going on right uh, yeah, what isn't going on, right? I mean, there's 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 too much to list. Um, what is not going on? <laughs> that would be a better question. <laughs> well, we spoke on the phone the other day. We decided to do this at night so we could have fun. So what are you up to today? You're in Mexico, right? Like, what have you been doing today? Today, I've been, well, I'm in Mexico City today. Um, just a lot of work. Um, you know, I just built that I Casa Aramara, my house in Mexico, in Punta Mita, my lovely estate, in June, burned to the ground um, from an electrical fire, and um, and I rebuilt it, and I'm not exaggerating at all. I rebuilt it and opened it in three months, so um, with everything. So and people can't even tell there was a fire, and it literally burned to the ground. And it's 45,000 square feet. So I'm exhausted. I was exhausted. I took, I took, David, I took like a month off and I'm exhausted. But then I came here. So I'm back here in Mexico City and just, you know, buying some nice little, you know, knickknacks for the house. Some, uh, some art and some furniture and some things. Nice how, accessories. How did you find out your house burnt down? Like, that's not, like, did you get a call? Like, how does that go about it? <laughs> I mean, that, that can't be a good thing, right? absolutely not absolutely not so i was uh the house was rented out and i guess the people there you know were having so much fun that just burned it to the ground <laughs> you know i'm surprised it didn't burn to the ground 22 years ago or any time in the last 22 years um but very, that's a great question because do you know how, like when you've had like the longest day ever and you just like okay i don't want my phone in my hand anymore but i do want to like have the TV on. I don't even know if I can concentrate on watching it. And you've like, and then you like take the tiniest bit of Xanax. Cause you're like, I have to go to sleep and I just have to forget this day existed. Well, it was one of those days for me. And I put my phone on silent, plugged it in 
and put it on my nightstand and turned off the lights and turned on the TV. And I went into that mode. Like we all know that mode, right? You just want to chill. You're done with everything. And then my phone, like, you know, got a missed call and then flash. It's like five or 10 minutes later. And then I kept doing it. And then I see a text message, fire. And I see one fire emergency exclamation from another person. And then I'm like, all right, I got to pick it up. <laughs> right. Like so after your phone up. is buzzing like five times, you're like, okay, maybe this is important. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I'm in one of my other homes and I'm not even near Casa Armada, obviously. So I ran up, well, I grabbed the phone and I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, how bad is it? And I'm like, and I've called 911. That's in Mexico. It's the same as the United States. Call 911. It's the first thing you do. Um, and we have a lot of fire protection equipment, you know, get the people with the hoses on the roof and, you know, figure it out. Like, and really at that point, David, I'm my van, my Xanax is kicking in. I'm thinking I'm about to go to dreamland. I'm thinking, okay, there was a kitchen fire I saw in the video like three months ago and they put that out and that was a fire. So I didn't think fire, fire, right? And um, I go upstairs and they're like, yeah, we need to, we need to uh, FaceTime you. So they FaceTime me. And then there's an absolute inferno. My house is engulfed in flames. And I'm just like, please, are the guests and the staff safe? Is everybody out of there? And they said, yes. And I'm like, okay, well, then I need you to go get the artwork. <laughs> Send the guy in there. Send the guy that you got <laughs> who's the most confident, get all the artwork out of the house and all the pictures and all my personal stuff, which I removed everything. Really? So, so you saved all of that? That's... Oh, I didn't lose any. Yeah, I didn't lose anything personal. So, which is wow. great, which is, had one of my other homes burned down, it would have been a different story, but I don't even want to say which one. <laughs> but everything's in the cloud now too. And it's like, I have all that stuff. So that's great. My Basquiat's made it, all those things. Um, and only one house burned down. I have three on that property. So it's, and there are like seven or eight structures. So none of those were affected, but the main one was, uh-huh. and, uh, we did lose three bedrooms. Um, and it just burned to the ground, but then I decided, so I'm literally watching on FaceTime and this inferno, and I'll send you some pictures, but you can see my little face in the thing. People are like, how are you so calm in this picture? But I have on one line, the con- as it's burning, I'm watching live. I'm having one of my butler's camera and I'm instructing. And then I, and then I'm, I have my contractor on one line, my insurance company on the other. You like don't waste any waste- time. I was going to say. I do- no, I am not wasting any time. I have to tell you about a new nutritional product that I started using called Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, I wanted more energy, and I wanted an optimized immune system. Well, let me tell you, what I love best about Athletic Greens is it's easy. I personally don't have, didn't have, and never will have time for any nutritional product that is complicated to use. So here's the thing. Athletic Greens, you take one scoop and you add eight ounces of water and that's all you need. Also, the other thing I love about Athletic Greens, it actually tastes great and it's 
inexpensive. It costs less than $3 a day. Also, I love it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. So there's no nasty chemicals or anything artificial. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash velvet. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash velvet to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. No way. I went right to it. Then we, I had the plan. I had you know, the same plan. So I had the permit in two weeks or 10 days and, and um, you know, they didn't pay out for 30 days, but I put the money and just went, bam. Now we have to, we have to move forward and we have to get this done. What and, is your uh, sign? Like what's your astrological sign? I'm in Aries, April 1st, 4-1, April 1st, the original New Year's day. A lot of people, David, don't know that, that April 1st, April Fool's Day was the original New Year's day. So the original New Year's Eve was March 31st. And those, and when like a, a French king in 1550 changed the holiday arbitrarily, just decided to wake up one day. And I guess if you're a king, like, you know, Donald Trump was, you can do that. You can wake up and just decide that this is New Year's. So he changed New Year's to January 1st. And that's the way it was. And the people who continued to celebrate the holiday on April 1st were called April Fools. So people would send gag gifts to them. That's, Interesting. That's the, I'm just the saying because of my birthday. I'm like a Gemini and like, well, I mean, I was also, I'm an entrepreneur. Like that's spoken like a true entrepreneur. Like this is how compatible, you David. We're compatible. We, Obviously, we could be a couple. Think well, about us as an item. Later. Listen, we're going to get into all that in about a second. <laughs> okay. But that is, this is how you build like a multi-million dollar business because your house is burning down and you don't even blink an eye. And you're, I, I would do the exact same thing. I'd be like, I, I'm like, what are those people? Like the emotions for me last for 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, sad. Where's the contractor? Where's that? I'm just like that, which is not really a good thing. But you went to school, you majored in entrepreneurship. And so like, let's just go through the history before we get to some fun stuff of how you kind of started like your, you started at Real TV back yes, in the day. I did. Well, I started really, you know, when I was 13 years old and I was accepted into a high school program and I was doing broadcast. And wow. if you really want to go back, I started filming at five years old. I've been doing, I was doing film my whole life. So, and that's why I was, I studied entrepreneur at USC and I also minored in film and television at the number one film and television school in the world. So it was, it was exactly what I ended up doing in life, which is not most of what people normally other than doctors and lawyers don't really go into what they study. Totally. So. Did you, and like your big first thing was banned from television when you were doing these videos and that's where you kind of use the infomercial in a different way, like this 30 minute. Correct. So what I did, yeah. So what I did was, I mean, I was working at Realty, like Realty among I mean, I worked at a, you know, a hundred shows. I don't know if you ever had to schlep your way through Hollywood and, and try to make it in that business. And, and, and it was an old time and we were driving around and getting coffee and, you know, making $300 a week. And that was the way it was. And you went from one show to the next until I had my brilliant idea. And my brilliant idea was very simple. And David, you'll understand this because you're, you're the Gemini entrepreneur. So you'll, you're going to gravitate and go, wow. And some of all the best ideas and all the best businesses are the most simple ones. 
And it was just my personal realization that we had this video in the office and they literally labeled it as a VHS cassette insurance law seminar. So no one would pick it up and no one would ever put it in that we didn't want to. But it literally had all the best clips that they were submitting on real TV. And I went to my executive producer because I didn't want any, you know, whatever, because I had a, a guy at Paramount who was taking care of me, who moved me from show to show, you know, who was a vice president, senior vice president. I think you eventually executive vice president yeah, and moved me from show to show and made sure after a while that I was taken care of because I was loyal and reporting what's happening shows to the Paramount executives. So he would make sure I was on all the Paramount shows, but they, um, so I didn't want to burn any bridges with Paramount and I didn't want to burn any bridges with, with the people on the show because most likely we were going to work together in the future and that's Hollywood. So I'm very good about that. I went to my executive producer and I said, look, I said, what about all this other stuff? I said, is there, you know, is there, do you care if I were to license this? And they said, oh, standards and practices would never approve that. That no, no way. Yeah. You think you want that? Go ahead. You know, like that know. was the ban by television stuff, like which was banned for t- it had no value. It was banned from television. The censors would never allow that. I mean, and it was like, well, like, talk- some acts and like deaths and it was pretty out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the 90s. And remember, it's like, think about it. I mean, you know, this before ISIS and the beheadings and all of that other stuff today. I, I don't know if it would carry oh, the same shock value, you know, that it did at the time. But I um, mean, Jay-Z, like, I mean, you know, I thought I had made it, you know, Jay-Z had it in the song and that was in the, in the nineties, hard knock and this hard knock life album. He did a, and a band from television was that first thing that hit a pop culture nerve. And then we ended up doing multiple series of that. And then, uh, right, because nobody wants it. And you just figured, what, this is such out there content that people would really want to see all this crazy shit? Well, it was, David, here's what it was. In our office, and I, I don't know if you've worked on a show, you know, and, you know, you work with 150, 200 people and, you know, and and you're working on a network show. And in that case, it was a syndicated show. And there was there's no value for a network. You can't put that stuff on television <laughs> because right. no advertiser and no, you're going to you know, forget it. It's never going to totally. happen. You know, it's never going to happen. So it had no value for them. But I realized that for all of us in that office, that's what we showed our friends. We couldn't email it because there was no email. We, we showed it to them on the, with the tape, made a copies of the tape, would take our friends, would show our friends on the weekends, would show our friends at parties because it had the, the coolest stuff. But they were the most horrific things in the world that couldn't be shown on television. So they essentially had no value in that market. So I asked my executive producer, no, we don't, we don't care. So then I ended up calling everybody, licensing all the footage myself. And then I hired um, and gave him a cut of that video, uh, Billy Crystal's brother, Richard Crystal, who wrote and produced the first three band from, band from television uh, issues and then I remember wow. even Doug Rye, the, the voiceover I casted, uh, was excellent. He was a true pro, and it became a thing. So, and then, 
it became a thing. Oh, right? I made it. I made it a thing. Nothing becomes anything. I make it. <laughs> well, That's you made it something. Uh, yeah. I it made was, it a thing. So how did you? I mean, is this true this that then the, I'm going to start? I'm gonna what start are you drinking? Okay, I was going to say this is a, this is actually apple juice. I promise. <laughs> I was going to say that could this be. Is, this is a beer. <laughs> Listen, you're it's it's the nighttime. You're entitled to drink. Well, Thank and you. then I'm entitled. <laughs> yes, I mean, like, just drink up, please. I, I a lot of people drink on this show. So then, <laughs> what happened? So this, like, this, yes. What this, if I was an alcoholic or something? Like, and you were just encouraging me and, and, and no, I'm kidding. But I'm not. well. It was already open before we got on. No, but from that, <laughs> is is it true that you came up with the idea for like Girls Gone Wild through band band on television, like band from television? Like, is yes, that where this came yeah. from? The genesis of Girls Gone Wild was me doing band from television in my office and working on the next thing and just simply being there, on a, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and watching a VHS tape roll of um, extra footage from a stringer, from a guy who had submitted footage and saw this footage. And, and this was extra footage. This is the days when we reused videotapes because they were expensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and this was just footage that he had recorded over of his own personal library. And I called the guy and I said, how about the other, the spring break stuff? I said, how many, how many hours of that do you have? I said, I'll buy the other stuff, the balloon accident, but the balloon falling out of the sky. But this other stuff, how much do you have of this? And he was like two or 3000 hours. And I said, really <laughs> he said do you want to sell that library <laughs> and he's like oh yeah i've never thought about it it's just a hobby i go okay well, i'm gonna i'm gonna make you an offer <laughs> so i made him an offer and bought the library and then that was the beginning and then we eventually obviously had to go into filming our own for our own um, policies and procedures and legalities we had to go into filming our own um product and but that was the start you just said what? Like you saw a girl who took her, picked up her shirt and said, this is something? Like, it was one of those nights where, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a company, you really didn't have three employees and a, you know, and one computer and a, you know, and we were still making a lot of money with Van. I mean, it was going. But in those days, it was different. I just had my feet up on the desk and seeing a call on the, on the, on the desk and, and the video just keeps rolling from, from where it was and, you know, didn't have time to, you know, stand up, walk across the room and press stop on it. And it just kept going and passed. And yeah. And, and I thought this, and then I just kept watching it on the phone call. And I'm like, this, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. And then, I mean, I remember I went to every video store in all of Los Angeles County, Orange County, everywhere, because in those days there wasn't the internet. So just to see if it had ever been done before and it had never been done before. And um, I couldn't believe it. And it turned me on. So I figured it would turn other guys on. And uh, I mean, really, I was the first guy to ever advertise sex on television. And it just absolutely exploded. And that's how it was. Like you took this concept, Girls Gone Wild, and did this long format infomercial and what? Thought that if someone were flipping the channels and they saw a girl, they would stop and that's how it would be advertised? 
Absolutely. Oh yeah. I look when you create a, a direct response television ad, like meaning direct response, meaning you yeah. have an 800 number or a website, you have 15 seconds, 30 seconds or 60 seconds to get someone to understand your product, to get them to like your product, convince them that they need your product, and then ultimately get them to make the decision to buy your product and take action. So those are, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm able to do that with, with, uh, I mean, it's a talent. I'm able to do that with success and, you know, a hundred percent of the time. So because you, I know how to do that. Well, so when you started like going and then making your own videos and growing this thing, like how did you get all of these girls to want to do it? Like, was it money? Was it like <laughs> alcohol or was it like Nothing. that typical, like, uh, you know, like today everyone wants to be an Instagram star, TikTok. Was it that same mindset of like, you want to make sure. That's it. A hundred percent. I mean, every girl on girls gone wild Instagram. Look, what is Instagram? Girls gone wild 20 years ago. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what it is. What's the difference? I mean, none. what's the difference? I'm, There's none. none. There's no difference. That's why everybody's like controversial. You're controversial. You know, I love Lucy was controversial in the, in the 1950s, right? Because they slept in the same bed. So I love Lucy was controversial. Yeah. 30 years ago. Maybe I was controversial, but you know, today to call me controversial, I think that's a stretch. <laughs> you were called controversial. You were called a lot of things. <laughs> I know a lot of names too. But girls Unfairly. gone, but girls gone wild. So I mean, it became like you know a multi-million dollar company. Like, when did you realize this is it? Like this idea. Like when was I it? Mean- like okay, this is this is it. I mean, by 2001, we're doing $100 million a year. Brad Pitt's wearing our hat. Justin Timberlake's wearing our hat. I have dual deals with Lil Wayne. You know, sorry, not Lil Wayne. Snoop Dogg at that time. Eminem, who was nominated for Academy Award the next year. And, you know, I had three aircraft, you know, Gulfstream, a Falcon helicopter. And I had never even been on a private plane when I bought my plane. I've been really? on once, and then I bought it right after <laughs> my first private plane ride. And I asked the pilot at the end, I said, how much is one of these? I was on a Gulfstream, and he told me. And then I'm like, call me next week. Here's my, this is the day we have business cards. Call me next week. I want to buy this. I want to buy one just like, <laughs> and I bought it in cash. <laughs> So what was that? Was that like your first big splurge? I mean, like what, you know, no. what I mean? like how did you adjust to, you know, like people go from like, you know, one day you're not making money and the next day you're making a ton. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you remember that? Like, that's a big deal, right? Like, did you go wild and crazy? And it was just like, I just want to buy everything. Never. Really? I'm very conservative. I never spent any money. No, I never you're, spent any money. And like, except, I didn't except for your private G5. plane. No, but I didn't, I didn't buy the G5 at the time. You know what I'm saying? I bought the G3. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't, and I paid cash. So I never had any debt. I paid cash for everything. So now I'm very conservative, and I saved all my money, and I never spent any money. You know, I was, 
you know, all these things are relative. So when I say I didn't right. spend any money, I mean, I could have spent a lot more money than, um, but nobody knew ever what we were making, which is the best because it's never been reported truly. I've never talked about it. And the only guesses from people, which is such the great thing. No one knows what we made. No one knows at all how much I'm worth. No one knows anything ever because we've never, ever disclosed anything to anyone. Well, you must Other than, yeah. And in the early 2000s, there was, there were financials that went around uh, confidentially. So there's a handful of people, I would say, that, that knew the real numbers and are, were very impressed when they tried to buy our company. Well, you must have been loving life. I mean, you're filming these girls and you're traveling. I'm like, I mean, that's like a great life, right? My friend, I love life now and I loved life when I was poor. <laughs> I love life because life is life. Um, money doesn't make life great or interesting or any different for me. I mean, I always knew that I would have all that stuff. For some reason, I always knew I would have a private plane. <laughs> I you just, did? I mean, as a kid, I don't know. I always just, I never really thought about making, like, my goal in life was never to make money. The people whose goal in life, who set out and say, I want to make this much money. If your goal is money, you will never be successful because money is just a byproduct of success. And that's what people yeah. don't understand. That's what people miss. My, my whole thing in life is with everything I do, whether it's you know, girls gone wild, whether it's guys gone wild, where it's renting a property in, in Mexico, whether it's my clothing line, whether it's a four-star resort that I might own, maybe not, um, whatever. All of those, my goal is to bring value and the ultimate value into someone's life. And if they pay for value and come back to it and they like it, they're going to be a repeat customer of mine. And they'll always support me. And you know what? That makes you rich. But I don't care about the money. The money comes with the customer satisfaction and making people happy and bringing people value. And that's what drives me. It never, I never woke up one day and said, oh, I want to make a lot of money. I want to be rich. I want to do this. Ever. You did that? One moment. And yeah, not one moment. And you know what? I would say that's the secret to success because if you're going and going to approach a business or anything else, obviously you have to understand finance and you have to understand the financials and you have to understand profitability and you have to understand logistics. And you have to understand those elements. But if you're going to say, I want to make, I want to be a multimillionaire and that's my goal. That's not a goal. That's stupid. You know, like, what are you going to do to create value in someone's life that they're going to reward you with that? Why are you worth that? You know, it's like with Bezos, with Jeff and, and, and Amazon, you know, focus on the customer. That's always been my philosophy. And always. And I've always taken care of every customer and they've always come back in every business I've ever been involved in. And that ultimately translates into money. 
and to being rich. Talk to me about like, uh, I, I should do a I, we should do just one think and grow rich on <laughs> I was on like a, <laughs> we can do but a do think and grow rich. Yeah, do, no, do, totally. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you do you get that? Because like you're in, you're you you know, you have your businesses. You know, we took we did talk the other day. You have your other things. But you weren't talking about money. You were talking about I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And those are all creating value and creating laughter and entertainment and value in someone's life. And that translates into money. Well, That's yeah. the byproduct of success. And I think like if you really love what you do, it just, the money comes. I, I do believe that. I mean, you have to yes. work and hard. You're good you at, have to you work have hard. To be, and you have to be good at it. You have to be good at it. You, you have, have to work like a dog, but then the money comes. Yes. Well, talk to me about Guys Gone Wild because I didn't even really know that much about it until we spoke on the phone the other day and you mentioned it. I'm like, what is this all about? Talk to me. You haven't seen my Guys Gone Wild? My my edition when I did, when I I stripped down and did it? You didn't Google that, David. Right. Here we are. And you're like, what did you Google about me? I go, well, I Googled it very, (laughs) I Googled it after we spoke. I Googled it very quickly after we spoke, but I didn't really know about this before you mentioned it i'm fucking with you i didn't actually do it right i mean i i didn't see you in it i was like yeah you're like could have done it right i'm like let me go right i'm like let me add that to my list of things to do but i no i never really knew that guys gone wild was such a thing until you mentioned on the phone the other day then I Googled it. Oh, it was such a thing. And I'll tell you, the, the genius of Guys Gone Wild was the genesis of Guys Gone Wild and the strategy of launching Guys Gone Wild. Because I had already started rising up to the fame of Girls Gone Wild. So there's no way I could launch this thing. I was already on the defensive. I was already the poster boy for the Bush, the Bush, the George Bush Jr. administration of uh, we're going to get at this guy for obscenity. And I was the new Hugh Hafner, the new Larry Flint, the new, po- the, the, the new uh, poster boy for sex. So my whole thing was, okay, I want to own everything. You know, it's like, you got to own Playboy and you got to own Playgirl. You got to own it all. So, and I did my Playboy home video after that too, after guys got well. But I had to own everything because I didn't, I didn't want any competition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I have to tell you guys about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving your house. You can add a gallery wall to your home office or send the perfect gift from art prints and diplomas to the photos sitting on your phone. You can FrameBridge just about anything. Here's how it works. Just go to FrameBridge.com and upload your photo. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite one. 
The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. If you don't know which frame to pick out when you look at all the options online, you can get free recommendations from their talented designers. I personally used it to frame my Behind the Velvet Rope logo. I chose a very simple frame and I love it. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code VELVET to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, enter promo code VELVET, framebridge.com, promo code VELVET, and get 15% off your first order. I've been sleeping so much better since the holidays, and that's because I have a Helix mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody is unique, right? Listen, Helix has soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. I took the Helix quiz, and I was match with an extra firm mattress and they even get into details like do you sleep on your side back stomach do you move around all night just go to helixsleep.com slash velvet take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash velvet. That's helixsleep.com slash velvet. Go now for $200 off and two free pillows. This episode is sponsored by Ritual. Protein powders can be so intimidating, but the fact is we all need protein. The thing I love best about Ritual, besides the great taste, is the ease. It's a super flexible subscription service, and it's so easy to incorporate Ritual into your daily life. You just add water, shake, and sip. If you think I have any time between hosting this podcast and living life to worry about protein powders and health, I don't. Ritual makes it so simple. And you can choose from three thoughtful formulas when 20 grams of pea protein per serving. The Daily Shake 18, the Daily Shake 50, and the Daily Shake Pregnancy and Postpartum. I also love that Ritual is just the good stuff. There's no added sugar, no sugar alcohols, soy-free, gluten-free, and non-GMO. Ready to shake up your ritual? My listeners get 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash velvet. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Visit ritual.com slash velvet today for 10% off your first three months. Do you guys do what I do every January? First, you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to. Then you make a bunch of New Year's resolutions. And as soon as you break them, you feel bad about yourself. Are you in your own mind the way I was? Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with not only from your computer, but from your phone, anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. 
I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt, make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. Do you guys love a good whodunit as much as I do? Well, listen, if so, then you'll love June's Journey. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries. These mysteries are full of twists and turns around every corner. And let me tell you, June is freaking fierce. I personally play to escape all my work and running this podcast and everything that's going on in the world. And no matter how many times I play, I have to tell you, it really puts your powers of observation to the test. I still kind of get thrilled every time I can solve the actual case. These housewives ain't got nothing on June. She's awesome. And look at all the drama we've dealt with with real housewives over the past few years. If June were on the case, she'd be able to tell you who said what to whom and who was in the right and who was in the wrong. And listen, there's new chapters every week so there's always a new case waiting to be cracked i can't tell you it's so freaking addicting and so much fun ready to awaken your inner detective download june's journey free today on the apple app store or google play um and monopolies are legal so long as you don't violate sherman antitrust acts in the united states that's the law um or it's not a public service monopoly but so we essentially had a monopoly <laughs> a legal monopoly um, and what we did was, and what I did was, and my concept was, look, 20% are going to be women that buy this. 80% are going to be gay guys for sure. Because what is a gay guy like the most? A straight guy. I'm just saying, other than everybody has their type. You have a bear, you have a top, you have a bottom, you have a whatever. But the straight guys are, you know, the forbidden fruit. I want to see a, a straight guy jack off. I want to, you, do, do, do you know what I'm saying? If I'm, so yeah. that was the concept. So, but what we did was because I was facing so much controversial attack, I couldn't even be associated with this thing. So I set it up in another company and um, I had other people run it in my office, of course. But I said, okay, nobody know, can know I'm involved. And I had these three women that I hired. And I said, okay, you're going to put them under contract. I said, you're going to be the owners of Guys Gone Wild. And what I did to launch this thing was put them all on The View and all these women's shows, all the shows that wouldn't take me number number one. I'm like, I can't go on The View. I can't get this. My publicist is like, you know, like all these shows, they're getting everything. And, um, and everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, you see these girls are coming after you, you know, and nobody knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're coming after me. <laughs> nobody knew I owned it, wow. right? I'm like... <laughs> So I needed to create that whole ruse that these three girls were going out and fighting against me to make, you know, like a competition type thing for publicity, you know, back and forth. So they were going against me. Nobody knew I owned it. And it did incredibly well because it became an instant controversy, an instant controversy against me. And it went right in my pocket. (laughs) That's, that's really smart. Thank you. It was methodical. Yeah. So it was, like it. it was really, it was, it was gay, it was gay guys, 80%, 20% women. And guys gone wild was really good because I mean, there's gay for pay, but you know, most part, you know, 
straight, good-looking college guys with hot bodies, you know, like uh, same thing as, as, as Girls Gone Wild. That's, it was literally this, okay, well, I'm going to have to like really go and like, you know, not even for this interview, I'm going to have to go and find this. And I, I found it, but I'm like, I need to like spend oh my some God. time with that. Can I tell you who was a huge guy? I wonder if I should say this, but Elton and David, Elton John and, and David French, huge guys gone wild fans. They love it. They watch, they watch every, every video. I remember for Elton's birthday one year, I brought him, like, he called me, David did actually. David's like, hey, can you bring Elton like, you know, like just a hundred DVDs for his birthday? And I'm like, are you serious? You want me to show up to the party with a hundred? I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's not a gag gift. He's like, no, he really wants it. I'm like, all right. So like, interesting. Yeah. No. And then he calls me the next day and says, oh, that was wonderful. (laughs) We loved them all. Okay, well, I'm going to have to really go find it now. But you mentioned, (laughs) no, for real. But you you mentioned Playboy. You, like, did a deal with Hugh Hefner, right? Yeah, I did in in the early 2000s. And so I started talking to Playboy because, um, frankly, they, they wanted to buy us. And then we got down and we did the financials and we were too big. Like, we needed to buy them. And then I, it ended up, um, I ended up making an offer to them, to Hugh Hefner and Christie in Chicago. And I guess Linda Havard, she was their uh, COO at the time, or CFO. Um, and then um, ultimately, he didn't want to sell to me. So I couldn't close the deal of buying it. And he was pretty pissed off that we were so much bigger than him when he saw the numbers. So then I ended up buying the home video division. And then uh, and another ruse. I pretended like I didn't own that either. So then I'd go out in LA and they'd be like, oh my God, you see those commercials with Playboy? They're really coming after you. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, they're really coming after me. I owned it too. I owned everything. <laughs> did, did Hugh Hefner, you know, like, was he like jealous? Was it like, this is my legacy and you're bigger than he is? Well, I'll tell you, I launched the product I filmed it at his house because it was Playboy. The first one with him was Playboy Mansion Parties Uncensored. And then we did Playboy's Casting Calls next. And we did, I mean, I did a hundred videos with him. And wow. the, the rest of the library was shit. I mean, I, I couldn't do anything with it. Can I say, I can swear on this? Yeah, not? you could swear. <laughs> I have a filthy good? mouth. I, I have really? a filthy okay. mouth. Right. People All have. Because right. I've never done this show before. So I've never well, done this show. I'm you sad. can say any. You've well, never invited me. Well, you know what? I thought we we were friends. Okay. Well, we also should, we let's, this is a perfect time to give a shout out for how you and I are connected. Leah Black. So right. If, if, if I knew Leah, talk about that episode. We love Leah. (laughs) I love Leah. Leah has put us together. Yes. Leah's Leah's husband kept me out of jail. (laughs) She told me she was like, yeah, I don't know how your name came up, but it came up and she was like, do you want any of these people on your show? And I was like, yes, put me in touch with Joe Francis immediately. <laughs> and that's the thing about Leah. Leah makes shit happen. Oh yeah. She does. She does not fuck around. She does not fuck around. So, I mean, was Hugh Hefner like, you know, like you are like the modern day Hugh Hefner. Okay. So there you go. Right there. So let me tell you how it went down. At first, Christy called 
you know, I had been to Hafner's parties, didn't never, never met him, never, you know, what we did, did the deal with him at the mansion. Oh, there's this wonder kid bringing him in. I gave him a million dollar advance to buy the, the thing plus huge back end, right? And at the time, he was in the shit can. He had no money. So this was basically like, you know, helping him out. He was living, Hugh Hefner was living hand to, hand to mouth 20 years ago. You know, he, he didn't have anything. So that was, a, that was a lot of money. So he immediately invited, invited me over to the mansion. We had breakfast at the, um, at the Playboy Mansion, which by the way, looks i mean in the i'm sure they're, re, they're remodeling it now it doesn't look it, so nice to me i mean like it's not it's my disgusting style. yeah it's, it's not in my the, style. And in the daytime in the morning like i've been to the parties but in the morning i'm like god this is gross what is it it's just <laughs> like old school is it like old school oh god it's it's awful it's a teardown it's disgusting but they're tearing it down right now um it's it's huh. awful it's horrible um, and, and I did the deal and it was really cordial until probably I started sleeping with his girlfriend. Actually, no, it was before that. I'll tell you because that's when he really got pissed. It was, we, I started making him the money and then it kind of became a fixture around the mansion. And then after three weeks of launching the product, I delivered him a check. I said, I called uh, Jim English, who was the president of Playboy at the time. And I said, Jim, I said, uh, I said, I have, I have your first payment for you. He's like, no, oh, nothing's due. He said, well, I, I said, I'd like to deliver it personally. You know, I said, you know, things have been successful. And he's like, cool, come on down. And, I, and, and he called the meeting and Beverly Hills and I delivered him a second million dollar check in three weeks. And he said, oh, my God. He said, you really need to get with half. And he needs it. So when all of this excitement started happening and then everybody was around and all the girls at the mansion who are all young and I'm young in my 20s saying, oh, this is the next you have. That's where it all ended with me and him. When people like Larry King and all these people on television, television personalities like yourself started saying, this is the new Hugh Hefner. He cut me off. He completely like he resented me, hated me. He wanted he needed the money from me, but he didn't want to, you know, he he that was the line. That was it. Nobody's gonna compare themselves to him. So that was it. And then he hated me from then on. Well, and then his girlfriends, and then who weren't really girlfriends, they had like a curfew and a payment. They were kind of, you know, working. And but I only lived, you know, a six minute drive from his house. So my drivers had to have them in bed back at the mansion, then down to a wire about taking them out and bringing them back for curfew. So they had to be in bed in the mansion at a certain time. But they were all at my house in my pool before that. Did you, so sleep, like with like Hol- Did you sleep with like Holly Madison or any of the ones that we know from like the girls next door on E? I, a cop, I slept with two, like, can I... I always get in trouble when I talk about girls I sleep with. I think that's bad. You but know? did I sleep with two of the girls next door? Yes, I did. Kendra Wilkinson. <laughs> will I tell you which two, David? Two of the girls next door? I will not tell you. But you slept with two of them. I don't think there's anything wrong with you, you. You always get in trouble when you say who you slept with, really? Well, I, I tend to 
to be very, I'm a very sexually open person with regard to that because I don't think, I think there's just this tremendous stigma of sex that, look, I broke down huge barriers with that. And, and, you know, and I fought for huge barriers. Hugh Hafner, as much as he didn't like me because he was jealous at the end, fought for huge barriers. Larry Flint, my friend, fought for huge barriers. So, and I was that third guy. Look, there's only three people. There are only three people in the history of this world who were famous for what we did. So there are only three of us, right? Hugh Hefner, Larry Flint, and myself. Can you think of another one? Not really. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not an actor. I mean, I am. I've been an actor on many television shows and a presenter, but at the end of the day, I'm not a singer. And you definitely wouldn't want to hear me sing. (laughs) You're famous uh, for the sex industry. And who else? I mean, there's only two other. There were there were only two others. So, yeah, I mean, I can't know. think of really off the top of my head anyone. Well, there you go. Like and maybe Bob Lucione from Penthouse. Is that Penthouse Bob Lucione? Yeah, I don't know, but that's not a household name. I mean, that's not a name right. I know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not a like. I don't know what that person looks like. You know, look what I'm at saying? me. Look you? at me knowing all these 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 straight male people that yeah i mean dave i think you're straight and you're just playing gay to try to get an audience i think it's total it's total gay for pay that's what it is it's gay this is a gay for pay show i'm accusing you right this is gay for pay because you know everything you know all the right people there's no reason you should know this information i have two things to say about that first of all I've never, I've never felt so butch in my life. No one has ever called me straight. Like I have not been mistaken to be for being straight in the past a hundred thousand years. And I say all the time that my job is truly easier because I am a gay man in what I do. It is true. (laughs) If I were a woman or a straight man with these like housewives, it, it would never, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't get as many as I could. Uh, so I, I I agree with that. It actually helps. But Gave I am gay. But I am Gave gay. I can tell you that. But <laughs> no, but there is this big stigma with the sex industry still, right? Like why? I mean, do, or do you think it's come really far? Or do you think there's still this huge stigma? Oh my God. They were putting me in jail 20 years ago. Now look at the internet. Of course, I brought it very far. Look, I always told people 20 years ago, I said, they're not going to recognize what I did now, but historians always recognize back. They always look back and go, wait a minute. Well, what happened at that moment where all this changed? I mean, look, so I discovered myself to an old Playboy magazine in the attic where millions of other men did before me, you know, Girls Gone Wild was really, because that wasn't done before. And then it's like all of these things I created and I completely changed. Remember when pornography had plot lines and bad acting in the middle of it? And it wasn't just sex. Yeah. I'm the one who changed that. Forever. Forever. Right. You had the bad dialogue and you're like, why is this? Like, I, I do not need to see yeah. another person delivering a pizza ever, really. Yeah. And do you know why that dialogue was there? No. The, di- the dialogue was only there to satisfy 
the law, the law for obscenity, but because what we were doing. So if it was a movie and there was dialogue, then it couldn't be considered. It would fall under the First Amendment. So that was their workaround was this acting bullshit in between the sex. It wasn't to get people involved. And what we I cut all that out. Because what I was doing, was, and, and then I just ro- rolled the dice and went to court against the government. Won, you know, many times. <laughs> winning is not winning against the government, by the way. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, you never thought of, like, where does that come from, that entrepreneurial, you know, like, mo' money, more problems, lots of people sued you, mm-hmm. you were being pursued by the government. You never, you always had the wherewithal in yourself to say, like, I know, you know what I mean? A lot of people would crumble and go in the corner and, and eat their, yeah. go, go to sleep and walk away. You never- Because they're never... fucking pussies. Because they're fucking pussies. And, and you know what? I always knew, look, if my moral compass, if I'm fighting for what's right, if I'm right, then I'm not going to back down because I'm right. And Obviously, every jury, every judge, everything, I was right. You know, obviously, uh, it cost me, you know, $200 million in legal fees, probably, if, they, if you add it all up. But, but I was life. right. So when <laughs> changed you, the law forever. You changed the law forever. So like then when you, you know, like Hugh Hefner, you became well-known, like your celebrity started rising. Like, talk to me about that. Like when you started hanging out with, you know, all these famous people, like, what was it? Like you were the guy that was behind all this sex that they enjoyed. Like, how did that all happen? You have lots of famous friends. Yeah. I mean, look, I have a great personality. I have great taste. Um, I'm well-educated. I'm, um, you're fun to go out with that night. I'm highly intelligent. I mean, look, you know, one of my best friends for 11 years, my neighbor is Elon Musk. You know, he didn't hang. I bought the first Tesla ever, the first Tesla before he started the company for $100,000 in cash. And he delivered it to me. So from Elon Musk directly. So people weren't hanging out with me because I was, but I mean, he who controls the, 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 the harem has a lot of access. And the minute that I controlled the harem, and all of it. And girls gravitated, guys gravitated, um, Hollywood gravitated. You know, everybody loves sex, David. It's like as much as people want to say, oh my God, sex. Like, look, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here if our parents didn't have sex. That's the bottom line. Like sex is, everybody's having sex all the time. <laughs> and it's like, for I us to say that that's taboo, it's like, it's so ridiculous. And I fought for that fundamental right for people to just have like less of a stigma because the United States, look, here's the, I grew up with a European mom. My mom's from, not from the United States. My mom's from Austria, from Vienna, right? So I was always used to nudity and going over to Europe and like, you know, as a little kid, everybody's naked, not topless on the beach and all this other stuff. And the United States, and, and after, in those days, it was after 8 or 9 p.m. on TV. You're watching hardcore pornography in most European countries, right? It's just not the same not sort the of same. stigma. No. So I was used to it. And, and you look at the sexually repressed. And 
the sexually repressed, uh, I mean, look, that's why it took so long for gay rights. That's why I knew I was right with that 20 years ago. And that's why I marched in Washington and argued for gay rights and fought and fought and fought and fought because I was right. And we won. We won. We won. I fought. And I will fight for what's right for everybody. And it's sexual freedom is so important for everyone that people don't need to grow up thinking that sex is wrong and with all these stigmas and with all these it's like it, it's gotten there's too much negativity you know it's too much negativity towards sex and sex is beautiful and it's fun and it feels good and it makes babies and like it's awesome right do you like having sex listen well i was just gonna say i mean are you shocked that you have such a gay like following or not? Because the gays traditionally no! have been more I liberal. I love my gays. Yeah. Oh my God. I love my gays. I'm a gay on paper. I always thought. <laughs> I mean, the gays just ha- have. She's a- like checks boxes. You know, people put columns, a gay or straight. And then they're like, I mean, other than the sex part, every check. I love musicals. <laughs> I dress well. I love, you know. I would, you know, it's like the things I would rather do. I would rather go to a musical than a sporting event. So what does that tell you? (laughs) Gay on paper. Gay on paper. Now let's talk about some of your celebrity friends. So I just want to start (laughs) with, well, I mean, (laughs) listen, you could drink whatever you want, but I know that you are very close to like, she's been on this show twice, Melissa Rivers, and like you were close to Joan. When I think of you, I wouldn't think Melissa Rivers would be one of your close friends. Like, how did that come up? Why? Forever. I don't know. I just wouldn't think it. What? And Joan, you wouldn't think Joan and I, Joan and I are like each other. Well, I've seen you with Joan. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. We, I loved her. I mean, loved her. She, I mean. What was it like with hanging out with Joan? I mean, she's amazing, right? Yeah, just like I mean, like I mean, like a hundred times me. I love it, and like can whip it out at like one in the morning, hanging out in the kitchen. You know, hanging out in her kitchen. It's like those moments, you know, with Joan. Not just doing the entertainment stuff and doing the show. It's like really hanging out in your kitchen, like real having a min- having a midnight snack in your pajamas with Joan is, but it and she'll say what's on her mind it's, it's like George Stern for me you know and I have to be a little more controlled because you know it's different she's a woman and she was a woman she is a woman and she'll always be a woman but you know and he he's Howard Stern so it's almost like they have licenses to say whatever they want and I guess Dave Chappelle now has the non-cancelable license I need one of those non-cancel cards so what do you think? You want. What do you think about the whole cancel culture? I mean, it's gotten out of control. I feel <laughs> out of control. They're a bunch of wankers. You look in the cancel culture. Here's where it ends. It ends the same way everything else. Ends. They go after celebrities first, and then the minute it hits Joe Schmo down in Iowa, it's over. Then it stops, and it, things move very quickly now. But it's ridiculous. You need a statute of limitations because. Look, number one, my favorite line, you watch The Handmaid's Tale? Believe it or not, I have not watched that. See, I'm like a bad gay in a lot of ways. I know. Wow, you are a bad gay. I am a bad gay. You need to go to to conversion therapy to be more gay. I've never seen it. 
we're going to set up reverse conversion therapy for you. And listen, because I don't even like musicals, really. They're, they're okay. What? They're not, they're not great. But I mean, listen, I also love Madonna and Cher. So like I have the Madonna card and I have the Cher card. So there's two things right there. And I watch a lot of the housewives. So like, you know, I'm like down the middle. And the sex with men thing. That'll do it. The sex with men thing puts me in, that puts me over. Yes. That's the, puts you over. That's the top check. It's okay. That's That's the top top check there. That's, that's, that's. And you're good looking and, and you dress great. So there you go. And this is like on a Friday night when I'm exhausted. So. (laughs) <laughs> when i come to visit you at casa aramara i'll look better but no but your house is as your house became a thing like that's the thing you talk about you and the playboy mansion you have casa aramara i mean there's as mm-hmm. much written about your house as there is you so i'm glad that, that it's funny? rebuilt i mean everyone who is everyone has stayed there like, Everyone. when did that start becoming a thing? Like, with Hollywood, like Eva Longoria, like Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox. Like, when did all these Hollywood elites start discovering your house and renting it out and wanting to stay there? 22 years ago when we opened. Really? 20, 20 yeah, 22 years ago. I built that house when I built our Casa Aramara, that house. I say because I built 10 houses. But I built Casa Aramara when I was 26 years old. And I finished when I was 28. So, um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's quite a vision for a 26 year old because I didn't have a 45,000 square foot house. (laughs) I don't think I'd been in many 45,000 square foot houses. (laughs) And I'm sure I knew I wanted that house has seen a lot of fun experiences. You know, it's seen like I I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm traveling. So I'm in Mexico city, but, um, yeah, I I just watched a video when I was waiting to 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 come on the show. I was just watching it. Somebody texted me a video of a big party happening at the house right now. But yeah, but my parties were amazing. My parties have been amazing and continue to be. Well, let's talk about some of your other celebrity friendships. Let's talk about your BFF, Mr. Mario Lopez, because that really is like <laughs> one of your best friends, right? I mean, he's like he one is. of your best he's friends, right? For like 30 years, one of my best friends. I just... I, I I talked to him when I was waiting to come on the show. It's just so yes. How did you guys become um, friends? Just back in the day, you met one day and back in the day through a mutual friend that he uh, did a soap opera with, and then Mario. I didn't really. I wasn't a Saved by the Bell guy, so I didn't. But I knew I knew who Mario Lopez was. But then I was like, ah, is, is that the guy? And then, but Mario and I were like brothers. We were instant brothers. Like, it was, like, the same kind of, he's a good person. Um, he's incredibly charismatic. Uh, you know, it's, he's incredibly intelligent. Um, and we started, I mean, we were, like, as close as you can go to a bromance as possible. And it, that hasn't ended <laughs> in, in all of that time. What was it so, like? I mean, Mario's actually even lived with me. Mario's the only man who's lived, or the only person, man, I can say man, who's lived with me in my adult life in Bel Air. He lived in my Bel Air house. So I could only imagine when he was single the nights out that the two of you had. It was actually a different time, David. That was the mellowest time we had in our friendship because it was right after a very difficult moment in his life that I, I won't talk about. But um, 
you know, it, so it was the mellowest time we had in our, in our life, but um, in our friendship. <laughs> well, let me say that. Let me say the mellowest time is now when we're, when he's married and I was two kids, he has three kids. That's the, that's the mellowest. <laughs> You've both grown. Now it's life. like, now it's tequila, maybe a little bit of weed, maybe like, you know, swimming and take the kids out before it was, you know, partying all night and dancing with the devil. So do you guys have <laughs> the same type? Like if you're out, you know, like sometimes when you're out and you're trying to pick up, you know, there's one of there's one friend that's maybe better looking. You guys are both good looking. So when you oh, go yeah. out, we and- were power, we were a power couple. You guys <laughs> we were, were a power couple. Power couple. You are a power couple. So do you have the same type as Mario? Like you guys have the same type well, of girl? I want to preface this because his wife is lovely and she is one of my best friends and I love her dearly. And he is married and, and we I don't want him and to And he's married and he has three children. And if I'm talking about stories, these are stories from many, many years ago and they have no bearing on his current relationship because I know how much he loves his wife and I know how much she loves him and I love his children. And he's, a, they're godparents to my children. And this, these are old stories. So I don't want to create any problems, but absolutely. No, we have very different types. And that's why we're best friends. Because, no, he, we've never, ever crossed paths in that regard over, over a, we always like a different type. And um, it's been perfect. We've been perfect running mates. And yeah, it's more fun though with, you know, because we've never felt competitive against each other in that regard for like, for like a girl, you know, because he likes one type and I like the other. So, and we're both, like you said, we're both good looking. We both have good bodies. We both work out. So when we have all that in common too, we like to do all the same things. And um, yeah, we're a power couple when we go out. It's fun. Who's, I mean, back in the day, because Mario is married now, but who is maybe been around the block more you or mario i i'm gonna take the fifth on that <laughs> i mean i would think it'd be very close that's just what close. i assume i mean but nobody's counting because i'm not like like i'm a romantic like i mean i love women I, and and i'm not about numbers i'm about you know every oh, yes. every yeah and special like every like, like, you know, it's special to me, so. Well, I'm glad it's special to you. You don't like to talk about people that you slept with because you think it's inappropriate, but it's out there. You dated Tara Reid. Yes, that's true. Yes. You dated we can Paris. Do Q&A. You dated Paris Hilton. Of course. Yes, did that. Well, yes. Miss Hilton, got, <laughs> Miss, Miss Hilton just got married. Did you know this? Paris just got married. Oh, did she actually get? I thought she was engaged. She was, but as of like now, she is married. It just oh, when happened. did that happen? Um, I believe it happened today or yesterday. Oh, to- uh, honestly, it's so funny. And I know the guy Carter. You do? Yeah. No, I. Yeah, and yeah. No, I've, I've known him for a long time. And do you put your stamp of approval on this? I mean, okay. So you know when you have a baby, she wanted to have a baby, right? And the baby floats in what's called amniotic fluid, right? Right? So in Paris's case, will it just float in semen in the womb? Like, I don't under, like a, like a, I don't understand. 
what do you mean? Now, now you've lost me. So there's amniotic fluid that supports the fetus, right? And will Paris just have semen like in there? You know, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I'm is, just making does that fun mean, of her. Does prom- that mean that you promiscuity? Know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm making a joke towards promiscuity. Does that mean that you do not support this marriage? Hey, I mean, will it work? No way in hell. That's the craziest woman I've ever dated, <laughs> ever. Really? There's no way. Yes, she's out of her mind. Hundred percent. So? She's out How of her so? mind. When I broke up with Paris Hilton, she told me that I couldn't break up with her because she was Paris Hilton. <laughs> I swear to God, I had to call the security of, uh, and then she started beating me. <laughs> then, because she was drunk, and and then and 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 I had Nikki staying in my room and Nicole Richie staying in my room, and 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 I'm like, look, Nikki. I'm going to kick your sister out of the room right now. And if she hits me again, I'm calling the security and I'm going to have my security take her out. And, and so ended up, she hit me again, Paris. And then I had to have my security take her out of the, in the hallway. And then somehow she got back in the, the part where all the, the private suites were. And she starts beating down the door all night. You can't break up with me. All right, Paris Hilton, you can't break up with me. Like she's crazy. She's just nuts. Every. Like she got me arrested in the Bahamas because she went crazy and started hitting me there. I mean, I, I look, I don't see anything working out with her ever. We have a lot more to talk to Mr. Joseph Francis about. We're going to get into what it is really like more to date Paris Hilton, what he really thinks of Kathy Hilton. Joe has more to say what it was like to date Kourtney Kardashian, what Kris Jenner is like, what it's like to date Tara Reid, what it's like to have Mario Lopez as a best friend. We're just going to make the Hollywood circle of Joe's famous girlfriends, famous friends, more about Joe and Girls Gone Wild. Stay tuned for part two. Coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.